How many of you guys are ready to hear God's word this morning? Hey, before we read our scripture, I want to give you a little bit of, of context really quickly. Uh, we're going to read a scripture this morning in uh, Corinthians, and Paul was writing in the book of Corinthians uh, to a group of people who, um, they were a pretty immature group of believers. And um, well, why do we knew that, know that? Well, because in 1 Corinthians, we, we see Paul explaining to them, and, and Paul actually had planted this church in Corinthians, and so Paul was kind of coming back to the church that he planted, and he was correcting some issues that were happening in that particular local church. And um, more than just correcting issues, he was kind of correcting their thinking, because what they were doing is they were mixing their own culture, uh, their own religious background with the gospel message of the cross, and they were mixing that all together, and, uh, and, and, and also mixing the, the, the sin and the culture of the land, all with the gospel, and it was kind of muddy. And so Paul was coming in and kind of clearing things up, and it was kind of funny because he tells them for, in 1 Corinthians, this is how he addresses them, he says, hey, brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. That's not up here. This in 1 Corinthians, by the way. So can you imagine the pastor coming up and saying, hey, guys, you know, I can't talk to you like mature believers today because you're all very worldly. That's what Paul was doing right, near, right here. And he says, by the way, he says, you are all infants. Not many of you were very wise before you were saved by human standards. Not many of you were very influential. Not many of you were very noble. But God actually, he's telling them, God actually chose the foolish things of the world, you, to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world, you, to shame the strong. In our text, um, I think that Paul is coming to this church and he is strongly bringing a message to correct the way they think, to correct their perception. And so that's what the gospel does. That's what the word of God does. Would you stand this morning as we read God's word? If you have your Bibles, open them to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. It's a, a good bulk of scripture, so hang in there. We do, however, speak, this is Paul, speak a message of wisdom among the mature believers, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, he's quoting Isaiah, what no eye has seen, No ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Now check this out. This is like the big but here in a second. Because these things are only revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows the thoughts of a person except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. But doesn't say there, but I'm saying but. We have received, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, your word is truly, God, you revealing yourself to humanity, you revealing yourself to the world. 
God, and we thank you for your word today. God, we pray that you would open our ears, open our eyes to see and hear how incredible and how amazing you are. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated today. Well, listen, I know that uh, I read a lot to you this morning. We're launching a new series today called God Is. And today, my goal is to kind of tee up and kind of bring some correction to our thinking and our mind so that as we go on in the further weeks, that our brain and our mind and our heart and our spirit, we're all kind of thinking in the same wavelength together. This series that I'm going to speak on comes from a personal journey that I've been on, um, man, since the end of last year. And those of you who attended... uh, a cultivation class that we did on the heart several weeks ago. You'll hear some pieces of that in this this series. Um, I'm still on this journey, and I'm still discovering how amazing God is. But I think what has been so fun for me as I've been reading God's Word and just really digging in in this particular area, it's like I've had this whole new, like, newly saved, fresh experience how many of you guys remember when you first got saved? Some of you, maybe you've just grew up in church. How many of you remember, maybe if you grew up in church, the first time you just had this great revelation of how God is. It was so refreshing. It was so exciting. And that's what this has been for me as I've been discovering God in a new way. And I just want to take these next few weeks and share that with you. Is that okay with you? Um, if it's not okay with you... Um, just hang in there. You, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. It's going to be good. Well, I'm going to give you a lot of uh, visual today. Um, that's the kind of thinker that I am. I, I think in stories. I, when, I, when I read God's Word, my, my mind just goes crazy with different images. And so I want to give you some images today. And um, I believe that God's Word is going to do something that it promises in 2 Timothy. God's Word will encourage you. So if you're a little discouraged this morning, it will encourage you. God's will will teach, God's word will teach you this morning because he promises that he's going to teach us. God's word will challenge you because his word is challenging. And then God's word will correct you. Listen, when you think of correction, I want you to change the way you think. Because oftentimes, if you were ever corrected wrong and you were corrected through fear based, uh, parenting and some parents, that's all they knew because their parents did that to them. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, but fear based correction, um, that doesn't like drive you close to that relationship. But what God wants to do is lovingly correct your mind and help you to change the way you think. That's what correction is all about. It helps you to go, okay, I'm thinking this way and I'm getting these results. So if I change the way I think, I'm going to get these results. How many of you think you need a little uh, change of thinking in your mind to get some different results out of your life? So let's do this. The win of this series is this, that you see God a little more clearly. So at the end of the day, at the end of all of these weeks, our goal is that you will see God a little more clearly. I remember when my wife and I um, had first got married, we, we get to celebrate it kind of, when, when our parents are celebrating 45 years of marriage, it kind of, kind of feels weird to say we're celebrating 
16 years of marriage at the end of this month. But when we first got married 16 years ago, I know you're thinking, man, how has he been married 16 years? He just looks so young. I know. I, I'm amazed. Every time I look in the mirror, I just I can't believe it. We went snorkeling in the Bahamas, and um, it, was, it was my first time snorkeling uh, in, in the ocean, in the Bahamas, and it was beautiful. And man, the underwater sights were absolutely amazing. I was a little limited, though, because all I had was this little snorkel thing. Like, I, I, I could only get underwater so far, and I can only handle being under there so long because I had this little snorkel tied to my, you know, on my face mask. But what I could see with my limited ability was absolutely amazing. Anybody ever been snorkeling before? Raise your hand. Hold on a second. Raise your hand. Relax. Okay. Not, you know, a few of you. Not very many. Y'all are missing out. And so here's, here's one thing. The little that I could see was completely breathtaking. And for those of you who have never been, I just, I got to encourage you to go because it is so awesome. And one thing I know is you just, you're not going to be able to take me at my word. I can show you pictures. I can try to explain it to you, but there's no way that you're ever going to grasp it and understand how amazing under the water in the ocean is until you actually experience it for yourself. One of my bucket list items is to go uh, deep sea diving. So, you know, that way I can take off the limitations of that little snorkel and actually get under there. You know what I mean? Just dory style. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, I'm going to just keep on swimming and keep on swimming. And if I see a whale, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> You, you know, that's just, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Some of you have been swimming around the ocean of Christianity for a while. You've heard stories. You've heard a little bit about what it's like. Some of you have tiptoed into this thing called a relationship with God, and, and you have jumped into the water, but... You're limited because you never put the mask on. Like a lot of y'all, y'all swimming in the ocean, but you never gone snorkeling, right? You never put the mask on. And have you ever tried to open your eyes under the water without a mask on? Your vision is limited. The sights are limited. The color is limited. Your depth perception is limited. Everything is absolutely limited. And then without that tank on your back, you're limited with how deep you can go, how far you can go, how long you could stay down there. Some of you in here today are seasoned believers, and, and you've dove in the depths of God, and you've seen some of the most amazing sights. And you still tell stories about how awesome it was back then, but it's been a long time since you put your gear on and slapped on that tank and dove deep and dug into God's word and went places that people can't go unless they dig deep and dive deep with the Lord. Some of you might be a seeker in here today. You don't even know Jesus, and you're kind of wondering what he is all about. My encourage to you is this. Come on. Come with us. That's the only way you can describe what being in the ocean is like with that mask on. I could tell you and explain it to you and show you pictures, but it doesn't do it justice. The only I could say, thing I could say to you is, come on, let's go. And you know what? Like, when you just freshly get out of the water, you're like fired up. You're like, 
You take that mask off. You're like, whoa, Chris, did you see that fish? It was so amazing. And, and wow, it was so awesome. Did you see those colors and that little clownfish diving in the sea and enemy? It was, it was so cool. You, you should come with me. Oh, I'm not going over there. That's my wife. I'm not going over. But babe, just, just take, take your life jacket off and get a little deeper. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm fine. Just leave me alone swimming up over here. But I, but I get so excited about what I see down there because she's only floating over here. She's not down there with me. And I'm like, come on, babe, come with me. You got to go. And that's what it's like. I want to encourage you. Grab you by the hand and say, come on. Let's dive deep together. Let's go in God's word together. I want to start today a 30-day challenge along with this series. And um, this 30-day challenge is simply a challenge to spend the next 30 days declaring God for who he really is. This series is called God Is. God Is. And God is what? I don't know. What is he to you? Can you finish that statement? How deep is your understanding of who God is? How wide is your understanding of who God is? How long would it take you to explain who God is? He's amazing. But I promise you that as you invest time this, this next four weeks and you intentionally over the next 30 days just begin to declare out of your own mouth, God, you are this, God, you are that, and whatever your definition of who God is, and we're going we're gonna to unfold that this, this next several weeks, that God will begin to change the way you think in ways that you could have never imagined. I believe God wants to take us on a journey together this summer. A journey to enrich you, a journey to take you to places that you have never been before, a journey to take you to places that you have only dreamed about. Dads, if you're in the house, today is not a Father's Day message, but here's what I want to say to you. I promise you, and I guarantee, there are no, there are no amount of great dad books that you can read, and those are, there's a lot of great books out there, but diving into God's Word and begin to declare him for who he is for your life, you will become the greatest example, the greatest role model, the greatest encourager, the greatest teacher that you could ever dream to be as you engage in God's word this way. As we see Paul in this opening scripture talking to the church in Corinthians, he was trying to correct the ways that they were thinking. Because these guys, they were struggling because we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we see this struggle because there's some Christians bragging about their leader and the person that's teaching them. And these Christians are over here bragging about their leader and the, the man of God that is teaching them. And Paul is coming to them and saying, hey guys, there's no amount of wisdom that that man can teach you. And there's no amount of wisdom that that man can teach you that can compare with the greatness of God. You guys have your eyes focused on the wrong thing. And he was correcting their thinking because these guys were so impressed with the wisdom of man. You remember that scripture where Paul came and said, I don't come with wise and persuasive words. I come with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Because as people, we just get so impressed with how wise and persuasive and how amazing our words are. And it really has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with the fact that God is. And he's actually happening to do something really amazing through a man who really is 
not much at all on his own. Paul says this. He's correcting them because these believers in that day, I think that they were believing a little bit of a lie, something that was said by Isaiah. You follow along with me. Isaiah said in Isaiah 64, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Y'all remember that scripture? Y'all have heard that scripture before? If I had a a big old board, I would draw a picture for you. Imagine over here in this area, the Old Testament. Imagine over here, the New Testament. See, when Isaiah wrote that, he wrote that because no eye had seen, no ear had heard, no mind could ever conceive how amazing God was. Because the people, the believers of that day under the Old Covenant, they were limited to how they could see God. The only way they could access God through what was called a priest. That priest was the only way that they could come and get forgiven. So you imagine them coming to church and even sitting in the pews, they still couldn't access God. They had to come in to the tabernacle. They would offer sacrifices to get forgiven, to be accepted by God. And that priest would take their offering, the sacrifices would be performed, and it would be like, God bless you, son. God loves you now, and it's okay. Go on and have a great day. That man could never talk to God. So these believers in Corinthians, I think that they were still struggling with old thinking that we got to be impressed with man, the priest, with man's wisdom, with man's ability to bring us to God. But listen, Paul came to them and he gave them the coolest butt of all times. This is truly the biggest butt in the Bible. We see Paul coming in and saying, hey guys, it is about the new covenant. It is about what Jesus did on the cross for us. Because yes, you are right. Under the old way, no eye could see God. No ear could hear him. Nobody could fathom the mysteries of God. But in this new way, verse number 10, can you all click verse 10 on there? I hope I don't confuse you all. I didn't really ask you to do that. But if you just back up, let's get to verse 10. It says this, these things God has revealed to us by his what? His spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except for their own spirit within them? In other words, it is impossible for you to know what I think. The only way anybody could ever know what I think is if you tap into my mind, into my spirit. Because that's where all my thoughts reside. And he says, by the way, the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except by the Spirit of God. Verse 12 says, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? So that we may understand what God has freely given us. Church, I gotta tell you today, God wants you to understand what he has freely given to you. God is. God is what? He wants to reveal himself to you. You know God is not playing peekaboo with you. God is not playing hide and seek with you. He's not trying to hide his mysteries from you and his wisdom from you. God actually, according to this word, he wants to reveal himself to you in ways that you could never imagine. Now, this was a total shift for the Corinthian church. Could you imagine people living their whole life according to the law? Can you imagine people only thinking that they could access God through another man? And all of a sudden, when the cross came and Jesus shattered that way of accessing God 
by going to the cross and giving you direct access to him. I can understand why the church at that time was struggling in their thinking, thinking that there was limitations in the way that they could hear God, see him, and imagine his thoughts. And Paul was saying, hey guys, let me help you out with this. I want to fix your thinking. I think the church today struggles with that a little bit. I think today we think that God's trying to play peekaboo with us, and he's not. He's not trying to hide himself from you at all. According to this word, according to God's word, he wants to reveal himself to you by his spirit. At salvation, when you become a believer, you become grafted into the body of Christ. You are immediately connected with God. You are immediately connected with the body of Christ. Everything that is in the kingdom of heaven, everything in God, in Christ, now becomes available to you. You were like this, and when you become a believer, you now become like this. That is how you can learn the things of God, by the Spirit of God, whom he actually lives inside you. In your notes, fill in this statement, when we see God for who he is, we receive a new perspective. When you see God for who he truly is, we receive a new perspective. Perspective is defined like this. Perspective is simply an outlook. The way that you see something, the way that you think and understand something or someone, another word could possibly be the word perception. You've heard it said before, perception is what? Reality. Perception is reality. I think the Bible is pretty accurate in Proverbs 23 and 7. It says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I want you to think about that. Perception. It's powerful. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What was Paul trying to do? He was trying to correct the church's thinking. What is the most important thing for us to do as believers? Have our thinking corrected. Stop thinking our own way and start thinking the way that God thinks. Well, how can we do that, Sean? Well, we just see it in his work. We do it by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God knows the thoughts of God, the Bible says. And because you are grafted in the body of Christ, you are now connected with the Spirit of God. And because you are now connected with the Spirit of God, you can understand the thoughts of God. That's why Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Think about the word thinking like perspective. Let me say it like this. If you can't think correctly about the things of God, so are you. Everything that you think and perceive about God's word, so is he. So if you have a lack of understanding and a lack of teaching in a particular area, so are you. You're just ignorant to that area. Ignorance is not a bad word. So if you lack biblical teaching and stewardship, so is he. If you lack biblical teaching and tithing, so is that man living without all the blessings of that. So is he. If you lack thinking and you're limited on, on how you see people and love people, and so is he. You'll have a hard time loving people because your perspective is off. 
If you see forgiveness through the eyes of man and say, well, I can only forgive you if, you, if you're willing to accept what you did and you're willing to confess that it was wrong. No, that's what we do to Jesus, but that's what we try to do. If you, can, if you can accept what you did that was wrong to me and never do it again, then I'll forgive you. So is he going to be bitter. So is he going to hold a grudge. So is he not freely forgiving. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Perception is powerful. And that's what we're going to be dealing with in these next several weeks is your perception. I want to make a statement. This is Sean's statement. You can't be beyond your ability to perceive. Can't. If you can't see God in the kingdom and you can't see how God wants you to live out your life, and you haven't have biblical information in that particular area, you can never live that out. That's why it's so important. That's why Paul came in and said, hey, guys, you've got to see God. And by the way, you can't see him. By the way, God's spirit knows everything about him. By the way, you are connected to his spirit at salvation. By the way, you are part of the body of Christ, and God's not playing peekaboo with you. He wants you to know his deep thoughts. He wants you to understand. Church, I want you to know that we must lift our thinking up. We must perceive the way God perceives. Everything on this earth is fleshly. It's corrupted. You will never see clearly if you try to understand things with your eyes on the earth. You will always understand things correctly when your perception and your eyes are on Christ and on God's word. Perception is a powerful thing. Why? Because perception, in your notes, can, perspective can both limit you and free you. The only limitation in your life is your perspective. That's your only limitation. Because God has freely given us everything. His word tells us. And the only thing oftentimes that holds us back is our perception. Understand something. Your life is on a continuum, a journey, right? From here to heaven. And I understand there are, there are times in your journey where you will just know more along the way. Because of maturity, because of wisdom, because of time in the Bible. So I don't want you to think like, I'm limited because I'm bad. Some of you are limited just because you haven't engaged in God's word. It's just a, it's, it's just a biblical immaturity issue. That's it. This is, you're not bad. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just, you're limited because of the information that you understand about God. You're still maybe thinking like the Israelites thought, we have to go through another man to get his word. And wow, how awesome that man is and how amazing that man is. When if we only knew that we could just go straight to the man, God the Father, and understand what he thinks and feels. I want you to think about how powerful sight is. When your perception is unlocked, it's like blind eyes coming open for the first time. Uh, I want you to think about how powerful that image is to somebody who was blind. I want you to think about what somebody begins to immediately understand the moment they could see. Colors. 
Oh, that's red. That was blue. That's purple. Oh, that's a beautiful color. That's a beautiful uh, corsage you got there. It's got be- all those colors line up really good, and they match real nice, and that's, it looks really good in that sitting, and that vase is beautiful. I love the shape of that vase, right? It, it p- pictures. It's so perfect. It's beautiful. I want you to imagine what happens to a blind person when their eyes can see color for the first time. They were limited before. <laughs> They were limited to to how another man described what flowers looked like, to how another person could describe what colors looked like. They were limited to how another person could describe shapes and to how their hands would feel shapes and feel the texture of something. They had limits in understanding. But suddenly, when God lists perception, when your perception and your thinking goes from the way you think to the way that the Spirit of God thinks, suddenly it's like blind eyes being open for the first time. And what happens to that blind person when they see for the first time? Immediate understanding. Things that kind of partially make sense, things that were like not very connected together, things that were a little foggy. It'd be like, it'd be like swimming in the ocean without goggles, right? Things that were kind of foggy. I could see vaguely. I could see that there's something down there and it's a different color, but it's, it's just like one blur of color. I couldn't see that it was actually a hundred different colors and a hundred different shades, but it was just one big old blur. When God takes off the eyes of your limited perception through the way that you think, it's like, you can begin to see in ways that you could never see before. And a download of information, just like a blind person seeing for the first time, the download of all these words that you knew and all these things that they're taught just like you are, but they're taught like this, they can't see. All these things in a moment make absolute sense. Just can you imagine the information being downloaded in their brain? I get it. Wow, I get it. All those things I've been feeling this whole time, all those things I've been touching to try to understand and try to see what it's like, that's what it looks like. Wow. That's what God does to your thinking when blind eyes are, re- re- are pulled off of you and perception comes to you for the first time. When you begin to think like God thinks, it's like blind eyes being open. When we see God for who he is, we receive a new perspective in your notes, you freely see. You freely see. You're not limited anymore. You're not bound anymore. You you absolutely freely see 100% into what God wants. Why? He's not playing peekaboo with you. That's why you see. With this new sense of sight, this new sense of freedom, now you can see things that you could never see before. Things that you were limited by, you are no longer limited by them before. And also with this new perception, we receive this perception. We can see now and we can freely think in your notes. With this new perspective, you freely think. With this new perspective, you freely understand. You freely understand. When you can see, when your perception is locked in to how God thinks, and if you're still thinking that God wants to play peekaboo with you and you're still thinking, Sean, I don't know about all this, then your perception is still off and you freely won't be able to see, you freely won't be able to think, you freely won't be able to understand. Let me ask you a question. What is your general perspective about God? What would you say about God if you were to, fill in the blank God is. 
How do you see every circumstance in your life? How do you see every situation in your life? We got to know today that we serve an awesome God. And he wants you to freely see the way he sees. I believe that starting right now in this moment, some of you are already on this journey. And I just want to make a personally declaration over this church that over these next four weeks, some of you who have been struggling to see God for who he is, there's people in this building that you're going to see God for the first time and your spiritual eyes are going to open and you're going to receive salvation. I believe that some of you who've been wandering around trying to figure out God's plan for your life and why you exist on this earth, I believe because you will be able to freely see See, when your, thought, when your thoughts are changed around, I believe that God is going to reveal his plan to your life. I believe some of you who have been limited by your thinking and your understanding of forgiveness and what it means to let go, I believe that through your corrected thinking by God's word, that God is going to bring healing to you, that you've been wanting healing over for a very, very, very long time. I understand there's a balance to everything. I get it, and I know I understand that we won't have full sight until we're with God face to face. I understand that the Bible also says in Corinthians that now, while we're on earth, we see things imperfectly, 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. We see it like a puzzling reflection in a mirror. The Bible says, but then when we're in eternity, by the way, we will see everything perfectly. So I understand that right now things are puzzled and we'll see perfectly in eternity. But God still wants to show himself to us more than we could ever even imagine. There's just mysteries that we'll never understand in our own human mind. But God is more than you think he is. Jesus said in Luke 4, he was quoting Isaiah, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor and, and to proclaim to the captives that they will be released and that the blind will see. That's you and I. Right. The blind will see. He's not talking about physical blindness. He's talking about spiritual blindness. And also that the oppressed will be set free. Right. Are you oppressed? Are there things in your life that you just can't shake? Have you just chalked it up to that happened in my child life, in my childhood? I'm never going to get over it. I made that mistake. It's marked me forever. I'm never going to get over it, and I can never live beyond that. Is that what you're thinking? Well, according to God's word, he said that he has come so that the oppressed will be free. And that happens by blind eyes being open. Is there anyone in here that, who wants to see more freely? I don't know about you. Man, but I desperately want to see more freely. I got five minutes to mess with you for a few more minutes. <laughs> have you heard the phrase, you have to see it to believe it? I have. In the natural mind or a seasoned believer, if we're not careful... This statement can sound like an anti-faith statement. You have to see it to believe it. But people usually make this statement, you have to see it to believe it, when they're trying to describe something that is so unbelievable, so unimaginable to the human mind, that they don't have the ability to give correct words, to give you a correct picture of how awesome this thing is that they see in their mind. 
because they're thinking that there's no way that you can ever truly understand what I'm trying to say to you unless you see it for yourself because you have to see it to believe it. Disney World. If you've never been to Disney World, there's like, it's like, there's, I think there's like a drug that they like spray over Disney World. And I call it drinking the Disney Kool-Aid. And if you've never been there, you just got to go to believe it. And you're sitting here in your natural world going, there ain't no way, man. Disney World gets in my pocket way too deep. I'm not ever giving them the chance. But it's so funny. You end up finding yourself over there in Disney World. And they come and meet you and they say, welcome. Welcome to the most magical experience in your life. And you're like thinking to the hostess. You're like, dude, you are on drugs. What is wrong with you? And you're like holding back, especially as a dad. And I'm like... Yeah, God bless you. You know, thank you so much. Can I just go to my room? And I'm trying to keep my man card. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like be a man and, and detach myself from the world of fantasy. And like day one, I'm still holding on. But day two, I'm like, good morning. It is a magical day today. I can't believe how awesome this is. Because you have to see it to believe it. Did you know that growing in your faith and maturing as a believer, is tied to how you see God. You have to see it to believe it. You can't grow until your sight grows. Some of you might be in here thinking, Sean, you better watch it. You better watch it. That's not what the Bible says. You've, you've read Hebrews 11. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We got to have faith. It's blind faith. The Bible doesn't call it blind faith. It doesn't call it blind faith at all. If we actually read the text correctly, it says this, Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. How do you hope for something you've never seen? God has revealed it to us in his word. It's not physical sight he's talking about. He's talking about spiritual sight. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. We hope for things that we spiritually see, spiritually know, and spiritually understand. And certain of what we do not see physically. That's what faith is. It's believing in what you see spiritually. It has nothing to do with physical things. It has everything to do with spiritual things. Listen, faith is not about believing what you see with your physical eyes, but faith is all about believing what you see with your spiritual eyes. That's why seeing is so powerful. So how do we get this new perspective? Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by what? Hearing Hearing anything? Hearing the word of God. Listen, we gain this new perspective by our faith, And by the word. There's no other way. There's no other way. You don't get this by conjuring yourself up in the morning or pumping yourself up. You don't get faith by worshiping extra long and by getting all excited and getting all emotional. You can't conjure up faith. Because faith comes by hearing what? The only way you can grow in your faith is by hearing the word. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. What is it? The gift of who? God. 
not by works so that nobody can boast. We can't boast when God gives us this new perspective. It's his. By grace, he's delivered this new perspective to you. By what? Hearing the word of God. How is the word of God given to us? By grace, through faith, through the word. Our faith is developed and it's grown as we read God's word. I want to give you just a quick teaching really quick in your notes. Faith comes by grace. We see this in Ephesians 2.8. Faith is a gift. We see this in Ephesians 2.8. And faith comes by hearing. Church, we can't get proud of faith. Some people think sometimes, well, they should just have more faith. I wish they could believe in God more. What's wrong with them? They're such an immature believer because if they would just have faith like me, you just got to have a resolve. According to God's word, faith is not about resolve. Belief is about resolve, but faith is not. The Bible says faith is a gift from God. Romans 12 and 3 says this, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, Paul says, hey, it's an honor and a privilege to bring this message to you. I give each one of you this warning, don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the what? The faith God has given us. Your perspective grows when your faith grows. It is a gift of God, something that we should never be proud of. We can never grow, our faith can never grow beyond our maturity and discipline to engage in God's word. If you've slowed down on this whole thing of uh, a year of God's word, I want to encourage you to dive in. I want to encourage you to get in because God's word is the only way your perception will ever change. I want to take a few moments and ask you a question. What is your perspective on God? What are the things in this life that you look at and they look like a limit to you? They look like a wall to you. We're going to be taking a journey over the next four weeks walking through some, not all, some of the names of God so that your perspective can change, so that you could begin to realize the one who you came into relationship with, his spirit knows all his thoughts. When you came into relationship with God the Father, everything in him is now in you because he lives in you. There is a whole kingdom that is possibly unfamiliar to you. You don't have goggles. You haven't put them on in a long time. You haven't gone swimming in a while. You haven't swam deep to see all the things that God has made available to you.